This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. My name is Germ, this is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas, all the way from Middle Earth, Sam Bailey. <laughs> You're always going to do this to me, aren't you, Jim? <laughs> Thank you for joining me in the trenches. Um, what, is, what, is, what is your Lord of the Rings name? I mean, if you, if you were an orc. If I was an orc, no way. I'd have to be an elf. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my... That's my whole kingdom. I, I, I love ball dresses and I love getting, I love being a princess. So I'd have to be an elf. You, you, you could be an orc. <laughs> uh, yes, probably. <laughs> in, in, in Mordor. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, how is the Eye of Sauron doing? And by that, I mean your prime minister. Oh, good. Yeah, because my reference is always the Medical Council of New Zealand is the Eye of Sauron. But um yes i think i think things aren't so good at the moment there's a lot of backpedaling that's going on and um so it's interesting times here the the protesters that we've got you know we've got a big protest in wellington and they are staunch they are not going home and they've been trying to turn the sprinklers on them playing barry manilow and other <laughs> music apparently <laughs> But um, yeah, it's not looking good. But I think she, yeah, like a late thing, just sorry, really quickly, what has happened is that for sport, for kids' sport, you can't mm. play, kids can't play sport unless they're, they've got these vaccine passports. And, and now this is all backpedaling and saying, oh, no, 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 we didn't mean that the vaccine passed. They needed, you know, there's lots of things happening. And I think it's because they, their finger to the wind, things aren't going so well, maybe a little bit like Trudeau. Well, they're both friends. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're both and, um, young leaders from uh, Klaus Schwab's school. Yeah. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, so it's. I think it's going to be interesting to see how things continue. But, um, yeah. Sam, the reason why you and I are chatting, as you know, um, is health. Uh, I was just saying to you a few minutes ago that the last two years have probably been the unhealthiest time in recent history so i think chatting about health is more relevant now than ever since we're talking about health what i wanted to ask you is what is the normal size range um of a banana um here here in africa we have fairly big bananas um and in and in in asia i i understand that the, their bananas are not very big yeah they're, they're not they are smaller yeah from studies particularly yeah koreans <laughs> yeah bananas are on the smaller size and i i think to be fair i think it mostly rests with their leader <laughs> he has the smallest one <laughs> what does health mean what does what does it mean to be healthy yeah so i think i tend to break up health in two different areas so what you you must do to be healthy so first there's psychological health and when I say that, I mean, you don't want to have barriers to psychological health. So barriers can be things like feeling fear, resentment, um, worry, self-pity, all the kind of negative emotions um, you, that can make people sick. <laughs> so um, f focusing on those like psychological barriers first. Um, I also like to think about toxins. 
And so toxins, you've got to eliminate toxins. And toxins are everything in our lives. Um, the obvious ones are things like nicotine, alcohol. Um, you've got pharmaceuticals. And this is an interesting point because I think people don't tend to think of it when they take pharmaceuticals themselves is that your body's primary response is it's trying to flush them out. As soon as you take them, it wants to get rid of it. That's just our natural our natural way. So um, actually getting rid of pharmaceuticals in your life is um, really important. Um, and thinking about all the things that you, so air, water, food, making sure that they are toxin free, you're not having glyphosates in your food, focusing on and, and that leads into nutrition having you know there's always the overeating of the wrong kinds of food and the undereating of the right kinds of food and when I think about food I tend to break it up into if you were to give some general guidelines it should usually be two parts raw fruit and vegetables and one part starch protein sugars um, and high fats and I know you've been talking about that with other guests and things as well important like animal fats um sexual health and relationships and i thought you know people don't often talk about this but i actually thought i would bring it up and i yeah so am i allowed to talk a little bit about this of course you are because <laughs> i think it's not talked about and actually it's always on people's minds and it is the most one of the most important things so there's a book, and I don't know, so that people should read. Um, so there's this method called Caretza. I don't know if you've ever, have you ever heard of it before? So the, the concept is um, that when you're in relationships with people, there's obviously that first, quick, that short period where it's a lot of lust and it's just insatiable and that can't last and it turns into a longer term, you know, love, but it often the sex and it's very important really the sex life but there's a book called by uh, mania robinson and she's a really interesting lady she was a lawyer and she went and researched she could see that there was this problem with how do you maintain kind of the sexual relationships long term um and keep it healthy and the idea behind caretza is that it's not about reaching orgasm so um you, you're always trying to it's it's very close intimate relationships and it actually brings the couple much closer together and the selling point for it is that people who do correct have a lot more sex um, than people that aren't because there's always this um, with kind of the release of sperm it, it always um, for the it's natural but for both partners they they withdraw from each other Whereas um, with Caretza, it's it's not like that. It's a very close, intimate kind of relationship. So yeah, um, the book's called Cupid's Poisoned Arrow, and um, by Mania, because she um, she looked at went back in history and, and found this kind of this this is really ancient practice. And um, yeah, so I'd recommend that people look into that um, for their health. Um, other things um, were exercise and making sure you're getting outside. And I think we all have that habit of of not really, I think exercise outside is really, really important. Like not just being in gyms all the time. And, and any kind of exercise is good. And I don't think it really matters whatever you enjoy, but making sure you do something every day 
Um, and yeah, that's kind of my my big overview things that I yeah. How important is being outside? I mean, the last two years we've been told to be inside. Yeah, so I think it it is really important because of vitamin D, obviously, <laughs> and um and I think. There's something about that's good for our mental health as well, being outside in nature. And um, yeah, the I I think it, having some sort of spiritual connection, whatever that may be, and I, I like to get it through nature. Um, and yeah, I just um, it's just being physically you, yeah, because uh, this sort of leads into kind of what is disease and 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 I've you know obviously I was trained conventionally but I've really changed my viewpoints on how disease happens and I think basically it comes down to when people aren't paying attention they're not looking after their normal health their well-being in one of those kind of areas that I talked about and if they don't do that then they get sick and our body does these what they call kind of healing crises and, and it's just like a spring clean of our of our bodies. And, um, you know, potentially when people get flu-like illnesses, like coughs and colds, that's our body's way of getting rid of the fluff and the, the, the buildup in our lungs. And if you um, interfere with it with medications and things, um, you, you don't let that healing crisis happen. And then you get, if you continue that way, you get chronic disease. So, um, yeah, being outside, I think, is really important for sweat outs, for just for lots of different reasons, not just, um, uh, yeah, just not. And I think it's free. <laughs> that's my other bonus rather than paying for gym memberships. Although, you know, if people want to do it at gyms, that's fair enough. Um, part of your journey as a conventionally trained doctor, though, has been to turn upside down everything you thought you knew um, about medicine. How important is that um, process that f- not just for you, but for everybody to, to challenge uh, the established view? Should we, should we trust what we're told or should we always ask questions? Yeah, it's such a good question, Jim. I, I, I personally, well, in saying that, I, I don't trust anything now. <laughs> And I'm not talking about just health. I mean, I, I like to think about that with history as well. And, and anything you're sort of taught is dogma. I like to question. And I think we should all do that. Actually, because even just going back, back to me, when I first, before I kind of woke up, what I went through is an awakening, an awakening is what I see it. Um, initially, I, I felt like it, it um, you could see these problems within medicine but I, I, I never, it never bothered me when people would say, oh, I've looked up Google and I've, that, that to me, I think is cool. I, I, I really enjoy that where people have, they're, they're taking control of themselves, of their own research and going, actually, I'm not going to accept this and I'm going to look things up. Um, there's this really, um, this kind of antiness in mainstream medicine, if, and you're taught this, like if patients are doing their own research, you know, it's no good. You have to tell them <laughs> kind of what, what's the right way forward. And I, and I really disagree with it. I think that people need to figure things out for themselves and question things. And um, yeah, part of uh, part of that is 
uh, also understanding that doctors aren't perfect. I mean, I, I made a made a video about this, <laughs> about doctors and GPs and, you know, do you need one? Um, and I think at the end of the day, they're not bad people, doctors, but they're also strangely in that same paradigm where they're not questioning things either. So you've kind of got this loop of the doctors not questioning things, telling the patients who aren't questioning things, and it's like you you never get anywhere. Um, a, a really fundamental thing with health is to find out why things happen. And often we're told when the doctor doesn't know the reason, they'll say things like, oh, it's probably a viral cause, and that gets you out of the door, you know, very quickly. And I, I don't accept that. And if you really think about things properly, you can often find an answer, but it just takes some time. And then the cures themselves, they are cures, but they take much longer. These aren't like instant fixes. Are GPs becoming less relevant then? Well, I think from the perspective of the higher, like great reset kind of thing, they don't want GPs, they don't want doctors. Like that, that and I think I've talked about this before, but basically doctors are really good at just algorithms. <laughs> That's what you're fast at doing is going cough and then going down and, and then you just da, da 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 you ask the right questions and then you get to a certain diagnosis rather than actually thinking about what's happening. So from the perspective of kind of the globalists, they, they don't want doctors, they want computers doing this. So that, yeah, and, and I personally, I think the doctor's role, I, I do believe that they're important, but it's for teaching people how to be healthy. It's nothing, it's not about prescriptions and being a salesman for Big Pharma. That's not what they should be doing. And it's very broken. Like I, I, I feel that medicine is under this huge renaissance at the moment. And it's a good thing that it's just kind of all shattering and um, people are waking up and seeing, oh my gosh, my doctor of 40 years is telling me to have a jab and, and I've seen some, I've read, done my own research and I'm not happy with this and they don't trust them because of it. And I think this is a good thing because we need to move into a different um, health kind of paradigm where people can take control of their health themselves and doctors probably should be there or I think it would be a good idea is, you know, to help teach people. Mm. And there's always a, a role I mean, it's a shame because you think of, I think of my GP growing up, I had a wonderful GP who I had a really great relationship with, but you just don't have that anymore. It's just, it's completely, um, it's not the same as what we had, you know, growing up. And, and you, when do you get a doctor doing a home visit? I mean, that's just, it's unheard of now. So then at what point do pharmaceuticals play a role in, in health? Well... I avoid them. <laughs> like, yeah, you probably know that germ, don't you? But um, I, I think, are we talking about like antibiotics and things or? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess um, I think antibiotics really don't have a role for the most part, but I think they do in say circumstances. Say for example, patients, a patient's had chemotherapy and their immune well, I hate using the word immune system, but their whole, uh, their, their, their terrain is completely munted. Um, they are, they are on their, 
last legs of uh, being, you know, they're just holding on. I think, yes, then in that situation, antibiotics can help. Um, but again, it's because the terrain's is no is, is no good. Um, I, I like the idea of well, antibiotics is you know it's like a nuclear bomb to your gut, and you're just wiping out your microbiome, and um, really it, it doesn't. People say they feel better when they have antibiotics, you know, if they get an, an infection, but it doesn't. Again, you're not addressing the underlying cause here it's not the germ um people need to undergo that healing crisis and and, you know improve themselves and and i used to see patients again when um i was in the hospital we used to see a lot of people with ulcers of their legs um when i did plastics and and always you'd be swabbing them trying to find a, a bug and then you give them the antibiotic and you're like this is all the the hoopla of um modern medicine but really I wouldn't I, I would completely do something differently now like I would be thinking about the nutrition for that person and thinking okay this person has major terrain problems and we need to walk them through and teach them how to actually fix themselves rather than this very passive approach uh, you said you don't like using the word immune system I can't let you go on without explaining <laughs> that so talk about yeah i mean this has been so yeah i'm really interested in this jim and i don't know if you've come across this too but words have become more and more important to me the meaning of words and it's like this thing with virus i'll get i will get onto the immune system you won't let me go over um the the i think the word virus has been completely butchered and people don't understand what it means. And it, it's supposed to be a parasite and it's um, it's supposed to infect people and cause disease. And it hasn't been shown to do that. So I don't think the virus, whatever you want to call it, if it's genetic material that's been expressed from cells, it's not a virus. It's not something that causes disease. So um, yeah, I, I don't like it. And, and the more I'm learning about our immune system, the more I think it's it's really the wrong word. Um, I think what we have is it's a detoxification system and it's it's not because immune system really implies that the, it's a defense that you've got you've got germs <laughs> germ war, warfare going on <laughs> attacking um, oneself and I don't think that's what's happening. I think for, so let's just do a basic example. say you get a fever. What we're taught at medical school is that that's an infection and you need to find out what the germ is that caused that fever and um i think that's wrong i think what the fever represents is a detoxification process mm. it's a healing crisis and you've the what we were taught about it is all backwards so when you get a fever the first thing you should do is start fasting like no eating and you can drink as much water as you like um, have uh, vitamin C and high dose vitamin C, uh, you know, is a probably a good um, approach. And basically, you can't start eating again until you start feeling better. And that's completely, you're never taught this stuff, but it's such basics. And, and your body basically will sort itself out. It will do the um, do the cleanse essentially of, of your body. And so that you don't end up developing chronic diseases if you, if you don't let that healing pro- process happen. 
you said vitamin C or vitamin C. I never know how to say it, so I'll I'll say it like you say it. Vitamin <laughs> C. Um, but are you talking about supplementation? Because I I've got an aversion to supplements. Uh, personally, I I kind of don't see the point if you focusing on diet. Yeah. Yes. No. I agree. Um, well, you can do it both ways. So you can either have, um, you know, so citrus drinks and things. That's that's fine. But I, um, it sort of, I guess it depends on what you have access to. I, I I'm a big believer of with um, vitamin C that you've got to get the kind of right right kind of vitamin c supplements um so yeah I, I made a video about that specifically but um yeah so you can just have anything which have high high vitamin c content in them um foods wise and i, I agree with you germ i think i'm exactly the same I, I i have an aversion to taking supplements as well and and i and i do take vitamin d in the in the winter time but that's probably pretty much what i take um because i just think if you can get it from other sources and i mean even having cod liver oil you know that's another option of vitamin d uh, if you don't want to take supplements um you said you take you take supplements um in the winter time is that because middle earth gets no sun well, no, we do. We do get some, but I think um, what's poorly understood, I don't know what's the story with South Africa, but say in the South Island where I'm from, the South Island of Middle Earth, <laughs> they um, we don't have, um, like just to do with the angle of the sun, it doesn't matter if it's a sunny day, you get zero, uh, you know, vitamin D, doesn't matter if you're outside starkers sure. you you won't you won't get any um your skin can't convert it um so yeah it's really important and i i used to see it with patients with very you know african like very dark skinned um patients and i'd be like please you've got to take some vitamin d <laughs> because otherwise um they really can't absorb anything um you were mentioning a couple of things earlier um that that create good health what in your view then causes illness? Yeah, so I really, I think it's a combination of, of things. It's not just one thing. So, but I do believe, yeah, primarily um, the instigator of a lot of ill health is is psychological and I, and I, you know, people start hassling, you know, get criticizing you and saying, do you think everything's in your mind? No, <laughs> but it's. Um, I, I think we underestimate the connection between um, our mind and our body and what it causes. And, I, and I've seen it myself so many times where people, for example, are in a terrible relationship with someone and a uh, partner and just that negative, being in that negative emotion and uh, all the time um, someone, you know, um, criticizing them constantly um it's it's very negative on our health and I, I think it manifests as physical illness and one of the hardest things I found as a GP was when you'd start suggesting you know you'd sort of build up a picture of what was going on and then I'd say you know what do you think's going on and, and when people are like oh no no it's and they get very hooked up in the physical symptoms and don't want to relate anything else and um it's quite hard like you have to be you have to be honest with yourself at the end of the day and go actually i think you know 
I've had some, or my partner was cheating on me, or, you know, these create real physical symptoms in people. Um, But that's just one aspect. I I do believe the environmental toxins are huge. And I mean, the other one I should mention is like EMF and stuff. I think getting rid of like Wi-Fi in your house, I I think this radiation stuff is is not good for us. And we've never been really exposed to this level before. Like, um, you know, I... We, have, we don't know studies of the long-term effects of 5G radiation, for example. And, you know, this is all coming. But I think we have to look at everything in our in our world and control as much as, as much of it as you can too. So if you can, if you've got space, like growing your own food and knowing what you put on it, spraying, that sort of thing. It's, it just does wonders. And it tastes, the food tastes so much better as well. It's just... To me, it's really simple, but um, and and of course, it's all it's always a bit more labor intensive, you know, mm. with anything. If you if you focus your thoughts and your energy on these things, I think you reap the rewards. But you've got to you've got to pay attention. It's so much easier doing that than then just rolling up to McDonald's and ordering some take takeaways, which is just mm. it's that food is terrible. What you're saying is that yeah. good health is very holistic. Um, it's not it's not um, as simple as taking a pill from Pfizer. Yeah, of course. And I mean, you have to be honest, like GPs have become basically big pharma salesmen. I mean, they are. They just they don't get they're unpaid <laughs> salesmen. They just, mm. you know, from pharma. And, and I I really think we're, we're all addicted to this this idea of you the know, microbe. That's the, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know me, I, I've made a lot of videos on germ theory and I, I think it's critical and and you forget how much we've grown up with this stuff too, you know, from a very young age, this thing about hand washing, about, mm. um, you know, germs everywhere out to get you and along with germ theory, seeing the GP, it's this passivity that you get into where you go to the doctor and they're there to fix you and then they give you something to take and you, you're not supposed to question it. And it's all backwards. It's like, no, mm. <laughs> um, why, why do you need to hit be on medications? And I, I see it with elderly people too. You know, they go to the doctor and the doctor saying, you know, what, so what pills are you on? And they say nothing. What do you mean? No, no pills. You must be on some pills. And it's weird for them not to be on tablets. And I mean, when, where has this come about that we all have to be on you know, Pfizer's <laughs> subscription model of, of medications. I, I, I it astounds me. Are you suggesting that people should try and rely less, for example, on antibiotics? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Don't take them. I really think they're just, they're totally unnecessary. Um, uh, for the majority of cases. Yeah. Um, the body has the ability to heal itself it's just that we look at it all backwards we like i say when you get a fever Mm. people think oh god i'm sick i must go to the doctor and be sorted out and and we're obsessed with measurements blood pressure you know what is our cholesterol level it's like you germ say you had your blood work done done and you had a higher cholesterol if you were doing exercise i'd be like what do you there's nothing to worry about here we get and that's been designed as well because 
again, then you have a certain threshold and, and then now you need a, a pill and it's dumbing down doctors. I mean, essentially there are guidelines and algorithms um, that you go by, like in um, New Zealand, I'm not sure what it's like uh, in South Africa, but as a GP, you'll have like these, we, what we call health pathways. So you, you click on it and it will say, I don't know, COPD, like some breathing breathing problem you click on there and then it'll be infective exacerbation you click on there and it tells you exactly what you should do and if you don't do that you're (laughs) you know you're in you're in big trouble you're not doing evidence-based medicine and it's just there's no kind of art to the medicine anymore it's just very prescriptive and 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 I think from a doctor's perspective, they are frustrated with this. Like, um, I mean, I know I was. I thought, I, I don't want to be doing some sort of algorithm. But I think this is all prepping up for the elimination of, you know, general practitioners where you're just seeing someone, seeing a computer essentially over and you type in your symptoms or speak to them or however it's going to be. And then they send you out your prescription. God. So let me just quickly go to Jeanette. I think I've got her name right. Um she wants to know where can she find out about the difference um, in, in in vitamins and by extension uh, what would you what would you recommend are actually good vitamins yeah that's a that's a really good question um i don't have a particular resource i go to like what i've ended up doing I probably I I've made quite a few videos on vitamins, but uh, vitamins, <laughs> but I um I uh, like usually what I like to do is I do quite a bit of research before I'll talk about them, um so I can really go back and have a look. I mean, the other thing I think just to be wary of is that a lot of there are these sites, and this is like I think one is Natural News or something, and they'll do. This is their whole model is selling supplements and vitamins and all this kind of thing and and there's you know there's always money in it for for them as well and I'm I'm just I'm wary of recommending those things because I think like you Jim I I think it comes down to your own diet and optimizing that first because that's you know primarily what you want to do um, but I'll, I'll see if I can find a a particular site but otherwise I, I i quite i do recommend like naturopaths and things like that because they are very good at being more holistic and actually telling you what what's useful but um yeah otherwise just trying to do your own research is important so i used to be heavily into paracetamol and um and i would always recommend it and i've done a complete reversal on this as well and my main reason for it is you know about glutathione which is our body's detoxification system um, with the liver and paracetamol or acetaminophen you know the americans call it it basically depletes glutathione very very quickly so i think again this is nature's way of trying to uh help you and i always think with the with the migraine what what was the lead up to it for you? Like what kind of happens for you when 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 you have one? Is there oh, any yeah. particular triggers? Oh, well, you're actually asking me. Um, yeah. I don't know. 
uh, because I've never I've never thought about it up until the last two years. I thought it was just one of those things that tends to happen on on an annual basis. Um, but I think when it happens again, and it most likely will, I'll certainly think about what I was doing or eating or whatever the day or two beforehand. Yeah. But I, I can't answer the question now because I I just haven't focused on that. Yeah, no, no, it's cool, Gemma. I just I, I, I think again, it's always coming back to thinking about why <laughs> first and foremost. And and I know I've never had a, a migraine myself, but I, I suffer from tension headaches. And I always used to just take a Panadol, paracetamol, and just think, oh yeah, that's done. Um, rather than going, actually, even though it's more unpleasant, I would just I know usually the reason why, and it's for me, it's like too much screen time or I've I've been tense about something um and thinking okay this is my body's way of saying enough you know i need to have a have a break and and you know have a sleep or do do something else um away from screens and things like that so yeah it's just um i probably if i was going to recommend i'd probably say more like take aspirin rather than but i i'm just i i really don't like paracetamol and i know it, it is it is very safe it's probably fine to take one but i just i again i just think of it differently is that our body's function is to always try and clear chemicals um, from the body and you know recently I suffered from mastitis you know because I've been breastfeeding and I, I was really and I know if I'd gone to the doctor they would have given me fluoxacillin antibiotics it was it was quite bad but I I thought no I know what my body's going to do and I did the fasting I just let the fever run and it, and it was really sore, but you know, it, I, it cleared it and I, and, and I know what I'd done wrong. And it was, it's one of those things that you kind of feel good. There's something empowering of going, you finding out what's wrong and then actually trying to address it yourself rather than externalizing your health. But Sam, isn't there a place for um, medicine? It's, it sounds like, it sounds like it's one or the other. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, of course, I, I don't want to <laughs> denigrate it completely. <laughs> I mean, I think it's having that balance. I think we've gone far too much into this. Um, it's like an addiction, really, with going to see the doctor and, and being in this medical system. I think for 90% of the time, you don't need you don't need anything. You just look, can look after yourself. But of course, um, you know, with like compound fractures where you've got bones sticking out yes you want to go and see a surgeon and have them put you back together you know properly and there's definitely i think emergency medicine and 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 surgery is there's places for and i'm not saying like oh there's there's good things about lots of the different specialties but also it's just understanding that medicine sees you in these in these kind of areas so if you go to a nephrology doctor a kidney doctor they're going to see you as like a kidney and that's all they're obsessed about. They don't care about anything else. And it's the same with every specialty. You don't go and see someone that um, really thinks about the whole bigger picture. And even with GPs, and, and I, I have a lot of respect for GPs. I think their job is really hard, actually. But a lot of the motivation is just, you know, they're under so much pressure to get through patients, 15 minutes, and I remember thinking it myself, you want people out the door because you've got someone waiting and it's it's kind of, it's just totally, what, I mean, in what world would you think that you can sort out these complex problems in 15 minutes? It's just, it's madness. Yeah, and what you're saying, 
is that the body is a connected ecosystem and hyper-focusing on just the liver or just the kidney can also lead to missing other things. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And and like another thing is that I'm interested in is, um, you know, psych meds, like mental health medications. And I mean, yeah, where I live in Christchurch, it's got such a high prescription rate. And as you know, you know in the last two years, um, the rate of prescription for things like benzodiazepines, psych meds, in general, antidepressants, um, anti-anxiety medicines have gone through the roof. And this isn't fixing the cause. This isn't stopping lockdowns and, you know, lack of social connection, isolation. It's just, yeah, it's all backwards. And I, um, and I really, I, I think of um, particularly mental health stuff very, very differently now. And I, 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 I'm very resistant to, uh, if I was working as a GP again, I don't think I'd be prescribing them. You know, I, I just think they cause so many problems. Um, a lot of what you've been talking about is reactive medicine, but what about proactive medicine like vaccines? <laughs> is, this a, is this a joke? <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a serious a, question. A serious, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, let me see. So when I first started <laughs> as a doctor, I was very, very much into vaccines and giving everyone them. And I mean, I vaccinated my kids, uh, you know, I really regret that now. Um, I mean, yeah, my perspective about vaccines, if people don't know me, <laughs> is that I, I don't believe in the existence of viruses. So I don't know why you would take a vaccine in the first place. And um, and we know there's some, again, some fantastic books if people want to read up. But one I'd very strongly recommend is Dissolving Illusions, which is a book which goes through, yeah, if you've read it, um, it's, it's awesome. Um, it basically goes through the mm. uh, different illnesses like polio and things and then they show where where vaccines actually came in and you can see from his graphs and he he was an engineer you know he he knows his stuff about data he really he did some amazing research with that so um then you really understand that vaccines it's a big it's a big lie we've been told one of the things i want to do this is on the sly <laughs> is i want to make a video series on the immunization schedule of New Zealand immunization schedule and go through them and just talk about the evidence for all of them. And um, yeah, no, I wouldn't personally, but I, I wouldn't recommend them, but I, again, please don't take my word for it. <laughs> like look the stuff up yourself and, and, um, and you don't need to scratch very far to realize the problems. And, and what I sort of really first triggered me was about flu vaccines and when you'd see like the NIH the National Institute of Health they've done these big studies and they've shown they're shown to be non-effective um you know they can't on their own they're trying so hard to prove that these things work and basically what they're telling us is is their lies um so no uh preventative health is all about nutrition and sorting yourself out everyone has this power within them and that's what's so cool is it's mm. so it's a positive thing that we don't need 
someone sort of telling us what to do all the time we can we can look after ourselves and it's kind of what our grandmas taught us like you know make some chicken broth do do the do the bone broths it's got all the amazing minerals and goodies in them and um you know you get so much of your the the old remedies are are kind of where it's at in my opinion um and someone in the comments earlier said that uh, you if your diet is right you don't need to exercise i don't personally agree with that um i think i think exercise and fitness and strength have a very very uh positive net effect on health yeah, I agree, and and I I know, I I know where his the person's coming from. Like it's 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 always, I find this myself. Like it's unpleasant, <laughs> you know. Like it's not necessarily an enjoyable thing when you're doing it, but uh, I, I, there's so many studies showing, um, you know, the positive psychological benefits, just you know, anatomically, physiologically. You want that sweat out, our, our, our sweat glands and things, those are exocrine glands. You want, this is a, it's a way of cleansing our bodies, of getting rid of toxins. Our bodies can only get rid of toxins in so many ways. So you want to kind of maximize those things. And and I think saunas and things are also a really useful, um, a useful tool. But yeah, physical exercise, um, we know like cardiovascular exercise is, is incredibly important. And also strength, like you say, Jim, um, I mean, for men's testosterone levels, I um, highly recommend it for elderly people because they basically, you've got these, you know, little little old ladies, which are like, they're wee birds, basically, and then they, they mm. fall over and they, you know, you just look at them and they break. Um, and, and the strength training really is important. Um, and, and again, the exercise habits, I, I do worry about when you see teenagers now, I'm not sure if it's the same in South Africa, but it definitely is here. We've got a massive obesity problem <clears throat> where, you know, and you see it with teenage girls. And I remember just growing up, you know, in high school, there was probably one one fat kid. <laughs> you know, it wasn't very common. Um, and now it's a major issue. And and the trouble is, is that if they're not, if they've already got weight problems in mm. their teens, it's 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 real problems down the line because it's you're in this pro-inflammatory state. We know that inflammation leads to things like cancers. So um, yeah, I do worry about what's coming ahead. So and anything you do like now is good. Like say you've you've been inactive for thirty years, you know, fifty years, whatever. Make it whatever you want. Anything you do is helpful right now. You can change right. your life now. It doesn't need to be like it's too late for me. No, that's wrong. And that one fat kid that you were referring to uh, <laughs> was was always a ginger. <laughs> hey, I remember. Hey. You were, were you a ginger? No, you weren't a ginger. Well, I have strawberry blonde hair, but I, I, I get I get sensitive about that. <laughs> but yeah, maybe maybe was. Were you the fat kid? No, <laughs> no, I, I've been lucky. I, I'm one of those people would hate me because I I could kind of eat whatever I wanted and I'd never put on weight, and I don't know why. But um, yeah, but I am very. I am careful now what I do and I I do prioritize it. Um, I, I, I admit I don't do as much exercise as I should. 
I'll be honest, but I'm trying. And I think that's, you know, you get brownie points for actually making an effort and, and doing whatever gives you pleasure. Like it's, it's mm. about doing something that you feel makes you happy. And, and, you know, like, I think God kind of wants us to be happy. He doesn't want us to be in this sense of pain all the time, but it's, um, we can't have goodies and treats, you know, all the time. It just doesn't, we're not designed for that. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned um, sugar earlier, um, and if I eat sugar, I get heartburn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Like, you've got to sort of work out what what's right for you. Um, mm. I, 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 I'm not. I know lots of people are really, really anti sugar. Uh, I'm not so much into that. I think it's having a bit of a balance, but I do think you need this quite you need raw you need a good amount of raw vegetables and and fruits Mm. like as a normal thing that you have every day at the end of the day you've just always got to bring it back to that why why is this happening and being like brutally honest with yourself what you think might be going on and and I really think people can if you know the cause um you know you can address it and your body will help fix it but I, I, yeah, again, I mean, people like Proton Pump and they're a smash hit for the, for the, for Big Pharma. Mm. And um, another really good book is um, the one by Peter Gottschay called Deadly Medicines and Organized Crime. And uh, he talks about it, just how, how, how they, because when it came off patent, you know, they're going to lose heaps of money. And so they ended up, um, you know, they do their legal kind of, tracks so that they could basically keep it going mm. for and they kept it going for much longer than they they you know were, should have been able to but i i think um proton pump inhibitors are nasty because um as soon as you try and stop them you get a really nasty um you know um upping of your of your symptoms and um and it's designed that way so then you go straight back on them <laughs> I get so hassled by this, Jen, because people will say to me, now you've made this video and, um, you know, about genital warts or something. And I'm like, oh, I, I've had this huge transition, guys. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it, but I've actually documented it as I've gone. And I'm not I'm not trying to say that I'm perfect and I know everything I don't, but I, I'm, I try and teach things as I, as I know them. And, and um, you know, I've definitely made some videos that I probably shouldn't have done. Maybe I should do what you said, which was to make fun of them and, and go through <laughs> hassling myself of these videos, my blockbuster videos. <laughs> uh, just up front, I haven't looked into CBD oil, like the scientific, I, you know, whenever I make a video, I really do my homework first. So I, I always a little bit mm, about talking about things I really don't know about yet. But I do... I do think there's a place for these things. And I'll just tell you one anecdotal story, okay? Someone I know quite well. Um, I can't remember if I told you this story before, actually. But um, guy in his sort of early 40s, and he had this really nasty neck prolapse um, issue and caused terrible, terrible pain in his... So he didn't. it wasn't in the neck, it was... He would get all his pain in his right shoulder and he basically was couldn't work couldn't sleep like literally didn't sleep for months and months 
and went to his GP. The GP was giving him nortriptyline, which is a type of tricyclic antidepressant, which we, you know, is commonly used for uh, neuropathic nerve pain. And he took a couple of those and they made him feel terrible. And he's like, I'd rather live with the pain than have this, you know, medication. But it was quit playing. And the one thing that, so after months and months, he tried everything, like all these different physio, all this stuff, nothing had, it was just unrelenting pain. And his friend made him a cookie, you know, one of the green cookies. And literally he slept and the pain went, you know, and it's like, he doesn't regularly... (laughs) take it or anything like that it was just a one-off and I'm like well okay something something helped him there and I'm not saying everyone should be doing that making their own cookies at home I I don't know but I I I think um you're right these are complex um you know uh chemical well I mean they're synthetic you know they're natural um but it's they have lots of different effects and um yeah I, I I, I, I would need to do proper research into CBD oil to, to make a fair call on it. Um, people have asked me to make a video. Maybe one day I will. <laughs> but I, um, I, yeah, I just, I think potentially there's a place for these things. Um, but I personally feel to try and minimize um, those sorts of things, especially like smoking, any kind of smoking related, um, I, I don't think is a good method. Um personally but yeah potentially cbd oil yeah Sam, this isn't really anything that you might know about or i uh, actually i don't know anything about this but you just mentioned smoking and it just occurred to me that humans have smoked for as long as there's recorded history yeah do you think is there is there actually hard evidence to connect smoking to bad health do you mean like of any substance or just the, the, the action of smoking like a substance? Yes, I suppose that, yes. Yeah, I mean, um, like I, I don't know if there's papers on this itself, but I would assume uh, that the effects themselves, I mean, you, you don't, the, the action of having smoke of whatever substance into your lungs is not is not good right it, it just it, anything that causes trauma which you know particles of whether it's nicotine um whatever marijuana type um i don't know sm- smoke particles um you know carbon or whatever it is in there um it's not your body isn't designed for it and and i mean the reason that humans have used the method of smoking or or inhalation whether it's you know, um, the opium kind of dens and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, the it, it's because of the rapid action of them, like it, it's the fastest way. It, it, the delivery mechanism is the fastest, so that's why people have always done it. But I don't think it's it's good a, for the body. It's a type of therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's I I, I don't. Yeah, I, I think it's a, any kind of trauma always sets up problems, um, you know, in terms of that cascade mm. of 
yes. <clears throat> of inflammation and your in your body's trying to immediately fix it. Sorry, so, I've yeah. I've been corrected in the comments. <clears throat> um, I said earlier that uh, somebody said that uh, if your diet is right, then exercise isn't necessary. Uh, they've just corrected me. It's not what they said. They said that um, a a good diet or growing your own uh, vegetables is the best exercise. So sorry, oh, I'm, I'm yeah, misinterpreted uh, yes. that. Totally, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah, and and just um, having that, um, being inspired to just know where your food comes from, and and I think it's a cool thing for families, and you know, it's just it's it's something you can teach your kids, and it's it's so important to know where everything comes from, and and then you learn and just like looking after we plants it's like looking after our bodies you know they get diseases as well and then you sort out the terrain <laughs> i've got a question for you from uh, beth um sam this is like one of those q a moments yeah of course all right here we go does dr sam have any sorry i, I should be calling you dr sam i just realized no, I, call you, I call you, you don't sam. have to that's all right why you call me sam Beth wants to know, does Dr. Sam have any advice for dealing with diarrhea and vomiting in children? I recently had to go to the doctor for an anti-emetic, uh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, because yeah. I was scared of dehydration. Yeah, like, again, you know, the, thanks, Beth, that's a really good question. <laughs> the evidence for those anti-emetics are rubbish. I, I don't know, I, I've looked into these before for things like on Dancitron, uh, metoclopramide, they're often the ones, uh, well, not metoclopramide, but on Dancitron's often used for ch for children, and um, it's no good. So, um, yeah, I personally, because I've had this with my own kids, <laughs> is I would be, you can actually make up your own rehydration formulas. There's like online, you can search it up, um, so you don't, you know, doctors will often give you these things like Pedialyte and stuff, but um, actually you can make it easily at home. It's just literally water, a little bit of salt and a little bit of sugar usually. Um, I can't remember the exact breakdown. Um, and it's really just little and often. And you won't, they have to be, like you have to fully neglect your child for them to be properly, you know, this dehydrate, you know, this dehydration that, parents worry about I think you've just you've just got to be with them and it's it's harrowing because it's it's full on and they're crying and they're just so miserable but if you just continue with it um yeah and essentially that's what I used to try and do when I'd look after we we ones that um were, were quite having vomiting and diarrhea and they'd come in you know and you'd be trying them on everything uh, it's it's basically being there with them and just doing it little and often what are your views on formula versus breastfeeding um, in terms of baby health yeah well, um so yeah i i've i've used i've used formula before and uh, i i personally think if you can do breastfeeding it's the it's it is the best and um you know there's really interesting again more research depending on how much you want to go into it but um there's a new zealand um author called hillary butler who's done a lot of work on on this area um and she's very much an advocate of saying of completely not having formula because interestingly it totally changes the uh the microbiome and you don't you, you only need like one lot of formula a day or something for it to mm. um completely change it so and there's all these associations when you do that of uh of of 
problems uh, down the track um, in relation to SIDS and things like that. So I, uh, you know, the sudden death syndrome. Um, so personally, if you can, you know, do breastfeeding, but I, I'm also, I'm never one, I hate, you know, saying do this or don't do that or whatever. I tr- if I'm doing that now, please tell me off. <laughs> but I, um, I, I try just whatever works as well. And um, yeah, the, uh, if it's if breastfeeding is not working, I think sometimes it can be just so much um, stress. It's not worth it's not worth it. And um, you know, basically having a happy mum and happy baby that's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. But if you were to summarize, um, I don't know, three or four really important rules of thumb for good health, what would they be? Avoid toxins exercise (laughs) whatever you want exercise wise and um i think you've got to focus on your food where your food comes from and what you're eating every day um and i and i like i said that three parts um you know at least two parts um raw fruit and vegetables to one part starchy um sugar fat and that can be protein as well in there um yeah, and just have fun. <laughs> uh, have, have a bit sex. of fun in life. Have sex is what yeah, you have, said. Have sex, but I'm talking about Carezza. Look that stuff up. That is the that's the hidden secrets that people don't know about. Um, yeah. Are you a fan of bananas? <laughs> I do like bananas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam, okay, so uh, in front of you, there's a crystal ball. What do you see? Um, so, yeah, I see... I see... Uh, I think things are still going on for a bit longer. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's going to get to that point of the, you know, central digital currency sort of Armageddon. <laughs> But I, I do think it's um, this is kind of a crucial point at the moment that we're in. So, you know, not going along with anything. Uh, and I mean, that's that, that's the answer. I really see it. All of us need to do that. Not wearing masks, not doing the sign-ins. Um, and if we all do that, I think it's a really, it's a really positive, you know, place that we're going to. Um, I'm also excited by health and where this is going. I think this is really new and I'm and and with this awakening that's happening right now, um, setting up kind of these parallel societies and of a different way of doing things. Um, that's what I'm personally doing is getting connected with these kind of new communities that are forming and um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I am still positive. I just think it's going to be a bit of time left you know the impact of masks on yeah. people what do you know about them well they're shocking they've, they've never been shown to stop transmission of anything okay regardless just have that no evidence at all for them um we know that it causes hypoxia so a, a, you know reduce oxygen for children in particular this is what makes me sick is that is we know that it's going to cause these problems with you know speech development social interactions how children learn from you know 
from other people's faces. So um, that's what I think is really terrifying is this, um, this new generation coming through is what they're going to be like. Um, so yeah, they are bad um, and they don't, and obviously they're a symbol of compliance and, and of accepting what's happening. And, 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 and I personally think it's like a muzzle that you're wearing. It's just, but yeah, from a, from a health perspective, there is no advantage to them whatsoever. Um, and you know, so no. Where can people follow you or see what you're up to? Yes. So, um, I'm on Odyssey like Jim, <laughs> you can find me on Telegram, Dr. Sam Bailey official. <laughs> you have to put that in there. Otherwise you'll follow the fake, um, the fake me. Um, and also, uh, my website is always the best place to find me. So drsambailey.com and I do a newsletter so you can sign up and I'll let you know all the new stuff that I'm, that I'm up to. That's fake Telegram channel I've seen. That's quite strange. In what way? That they're trying to be you, and there's no evidence <laughs> that that there's no evidence of it being um, spam. It's just it's just weird. Someone obviously really likes what you do and decided that you needed to be on Telegram before you were on Telegram. Yeah, but what's creepy is that they copy like they copy my posts, and they'll say my husband. No, <laughs> it's my husband. What are you doing? I don't understand it. It creeps me out a little bit. I'll be honest, Jim. But uh, yeah, in, in saying that, they send people my way. But I'm just mm. like, maybe don't. I just I'm worried that they're going to do something. They're going to try and start selling something, and then this and people will think it's me when it's not. You know. Don't worry, Sam. You live in Middle Earth, in this little on this little island that's in the middle of the far end of Earth. Nobody really cares where you where you are. <laughs> I suppose that's true. <clears throat> it's been a pleasure, Sam. Thank you. Um, thank you for joining me in the trenches. Oh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Jim. And I'll be seeing you soon, I guess. We're, we're, are we going to do this pretty regularly? I think so. Don't go anywhere. Cool. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit supportgerm.com.